Hi everyone, how you doing? My name is Varun and I'm from Manhattan. I was born and raised here, but uh, my parents were not. My parents are from a different country. Both my parents are from India, so uh, I have some Indian roots in me. So this podcast was inspired by Professor Gomez's lecture at the Trinity Hip Hop Festival of 2021. Uh, Professor Gomez was talking about, you know, her life in her early days and how sort of hip hop uh, was prevalent in her life and how she used it to get through things and what it meant to her. So uh, I'm going to do the same thing in uh, this 10 to 15 minute podcast. So the first music video and the first hip hop song that I'd listened to ever in my entire life was the song Into Club by 50 Cent. And I'm going to talk about that song, and I'm going to create a dichotomy between one of my most current favorite hip-hop songs, which is Armed and Dangerous by Juice World. So I'm going to start off right now by playing a little excerpt of the song. So uh, that was uh, a little excerpt of In The Club by 50 Cent, one of my all-time favorite songs to, uh, to this day. So I want to talk about... Uh, the video for this because I thought the video was very interesting uh, to me when I was young and still it's uh, pretty cool. So uh, this video is really special to me because this is the first music video of hip hop that I had, that I had seen, and it and it was really and it was the first hip hop track that I had also ever uh, listened to. So as soon as the video started, the and and the beat started up, it was like already so good. Like I already started enjoying it a lot. It set the tone sort of for the rest of the video, and I knew the rest of the video was going to follow in that respect. Um, the lyrics of the song started to come on in the video, and it showed 50 and, and his whole crew behind him sort of uh, walking into the club, iced out with, with, all their jewel, with all their jewelry. I thought that was, you know, pretty cool at the time. Uh, so, and then when uh, the club scene started coming on, the, the life that sort of these rappers were living and especially 50 at the time was like so foreign to me like you know that that that's that looked like it was so much fun and i and i and like i wanted to do I, when i grew older i thought i would i want to be in a place like that all the music and all the pretty girls walking around uh also the scene in between the club when they're testing on on 50 cent it's sort of in my mind uh almost makes it seem like you know he's built different you know they're trying to figure out like how is this savage? So that was pretty cool to me. The whole video in general just makes 50 Cent look like the absolute man. Just the way he carries himself and the way he's in the studio rapping, he makes himself look like the best rapper alive. And he just sort of radiates confidence, like nothing can get in his way. His flow and his rapping skills are also so good. So good. When he was shooting the video, his goal was to portray himself like a thug. Like someone who did whatever they had to do to get by and like did whatever they wanted with no consequences uh, in any other way.
So that's sort of my general thinking around the In The Club song and the music video. So now uh, we are going to switch gears. And like I mentioned before, we are going to listen to one of the songs that I like to like current day. And it's in a very different era than In The Club. So without further ado, here's the excerpt. So that was an excerpt of the song I'm Been Dangerous by Juice World. Great song. Uh, currently one of my favorites. Uh, so I'm going to analyze that video, so you know, to sort of uh, put it side by side with In The Club. So this video has a completely different feel and vibe than the previous 50 Cent music video. Uh, when it starts, Juice WRLD is backstage, you know, not really taking it seriously, eating and waiting to go on stage. As the video goes on, you can see that there are a lot of special effects and, and edits, so it's really one scene that's just been altered and messed around, like the majority of the, of the video. Uh, all the effects are done in order to give us like a party vibe and make it seem like he's very unserious, you know, he really doesn't care about anything, he's just having a good time. Uh, and then rather rather than like going for a more like gangster, like or gangster rap like approach or thug approach, he speaks more material things such as like money and clothes and, and accessories. Uh, one, one of the lyrics that goes, look at my bank account, look at the cash amount, is him simply bragging about his money. So like like I said, all like focuses on material wealth. In addition to that, there are lots of drugs that are prevalent in the music video and his lyrics. In many edits, it shows him smoking a joint and his lyrics also join in on that when he talks about, you know, taking a lot of pills and drinking a lot of lean. Uh, the scenes where Juice is dancing in the hallways gives off the every day and everything is a party vibe. It shows he doesn't really have any responsibilities and he's just, you know, like messing around and somehow, you know, being so rich. Like, you know, he's just basically like getting the most out of life. Like, you know, just like being really, really rich without having to do anything. Most seem, I mean, looks looks like a fun time. Uh, there are also multiple scenes in his concert and there are also multiple other concert scenes in the video that proves that life is just like behind and every day is a party motto. Those two pieces of music have many differences, but they share one commonality. The theme of doing rebellious things along with the two very two different flows, which are both very unique in their own way and it, and it defines the, the rap game of that era. Uh, so the new style, which is more I'm dangerous, is is focused on like flashiness, you know, how rich someone is, you know, ice, uh, and melody. You know, there's a lot of singing in new style rap. The beat is very more prevalent than it was in sort of a, in like old gangster rap. Like, like in, for example, 2003 when Indie Club came out, it was more focused on lyrics, you know, and looking hard rather than, you know, like singing and, and melody. Uh, so that was my analysis of the two songs. Uh, now we're going to sort of Swing back to me, talk about me. Uh, 
So the first time I listened to rap music was when I was in India, and it was only uh, American music. I was, I would say, maybe just like ending sixth grade. No, no, ending seventh grade because the next year I was coming back to America. So my journey started in India, and it followed me when I went back to New York City. So the two most popular artists that I listened to in India were Eminem and 50 Cent. They were sort of, you know, very, uh, very mainstream. They were blowing up at the time. So a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I hung out with would listen to these artists. So I, I, I said, why not? I'll, uh, I'll join in on them. So, yeah, that's uh, those two artists really influenced me. And then when I when I came to America, the I was instantly you know uh, placed in uh, in a in a private school, and all the kids around me were were a different color than me. Uh, I was always uh, in an, in America in an, in America growing up, and I was usually the only brown kid in the whole class or in the whole school. Uh, I would really have to get used to this, and I would, and I would, uh, I had to uh, get used to how everything worked and how to behave when I was around these people. My my whole life, I um, I had a lot of white friends, and uh, <clears throat> even though I would I wouldn't admit it back in the day, uh, I always felt uh, some sort of discomfort, you know, or just the feeling of being different, just simply because there was no one who looked like me around. So uh, when I was assigned to do this podcast, I was thinking about this stuff, and I realized that my situation and Professor Gomez's situation was pretty similar at the at the time. Uh, during her uh, talk at the Hip Hop Festival, she would uh, she talked about how people would call her different names and associate her with certain stereotypes. The the uh, same thing would happen with me. People would just, you know, get off on calling me stuff like Curry or Brown Boy. Uh, and at the time, you know, it was just a joke to everyone. You know, everyone always said, oh, they wouldn't mean it. They didn't mean it or like it wasn't really a big deal. But, uh, you know, I guess those people never really had that stuff happen to them. So they had to or they didn't really have any any frame of reference. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty tough for me but you know I I got through it you know it's you need to always get back up try again so uh, everything I currently mentioned and I was talking about was my experience in high school so uh, for me high school was you know sort of a, a, a bubble uh, I went to high school in Manhattan uh, on the Upper East Side, so as you can imagine, all the the guys and girls uh, were, you know, in general Caucasian uh, men and women. Uh, same with the with the staff and the head of school and all that. So everyone was sort of everyone was everyone was white. There was not much diversity in our in our school, um, but you know, I had to I had to I had to learn from somewhere. You know, I feel like high school was just sort of uh, setting me up for uh, the world that was going to be, I mean, there, it was showing me the world, like this is the way the world worked and it was sort of a, a little taste of it. And I'm grateful that that happened because not long after high school, I mean, not long, 
yeah, not long after high school, I ended up going to college, and uh, I also ended up uh, in an area, the New England area, you know, uh, it was full of generally white kids, you know, out of uh, all of Trinity students, uh, there's not that much diversity, but I would say when I was a freshman at Trinity, there were about 40 Indians, um, yeah, about, uh, you know, it's, it's it's always nice to see, you know, other fellow Indians around, no matter where you are. But uh, the most uh, absurd, uh, not absurd, just the like the breakthroughs and real realizations that I learned about, you know, being a different color, you know, with uh, people who are a different race than you, is when I came to Trinity. Uh, I experienced a whole lot of. Uh, different different things at Trinity, you know. Uh, high school, like I said, was a bubble. All the kids were generally from the same area, came from, you know, similar-ish families, you know, raised the same way. But when I came to Trinity, I realized that this is completely different, you know. High school was 300, 400 kids. Trinity is, like, 500, 400 kids in a grade. The whole school comprised of 2,500 kids, and there were so many different people and like different attitudes and just different perspectives on life so uh i went i went through college and i sort of learned and i observed how different people act and it was pretty interesting to me really uh rung a bell or then stayed in my mind i guess uh in conclusion you know uh at the end of the day we are who we are uh we shouldn't let anyone influence us to be different or we shouldn't let anyone else look at us and, and sort of make us uncomfortable in our own skin because that's whack. Uh, everyone should be comfortable about where they come from and their traditions and cultures. And uh, I just think people sometimes, you know, take it for granted. Not take it for granted, but they just really don't know, like, how much something means to someone when you say it to them, especially because, you know, you, you're not, you're not like the other person, you know, you know, they do certain things that are different from you. And I feel like, like it was said before, uh, people who are the same race usually tend to stick together. You know what I mean? And we're in America and there are just a lot of white kids. So all, all the white kids tend to stick together and, you know, that's, that's, that's what they do. That's, that's what I would do. You know, in my head, I'd always, you know, I'd go to the person who looks the most like me and who have the most in common, but, uh, it's sort of difficult for people of color nowadays to sort of do that when they're, uh, you know, filled, not filled when, when they're, when the spaces that they're in are filled with with people of a different uh, a different race, but then again, it's not impossible. You know, much, there are definitely good. Not all white people are bad. You know, I'm just I'm just saying some of them have just lost their way, but uh, they can find it. It's 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 easy for us to all be friends if we just take the time in and sort of make it happen. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit about me. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, have a good day, and I hope to see you on the next one. Uh, hey, uh, my name's Rune. Uh, I'm here with Chris. Say hey, Chris. How's it going? Uh, we uh, came together, and we are going to talk about Asian hip-hop. Uh, I'm going to be uh, analyzing and talking about a movie. Uh, it's called Gully Boy, and uh, 
there's two songs that uh, are really meaningful to me and I feel like I can talk about a lot. And I'm going to be talking about Rich Brian, who formerly known by Rich Chiga, a young rapper from Indonesia who got his start back in 2018 and blew up on SoundCloud and YouTube. But he has a very particular rise to fame and a really interesting and inspirational story. Um, and the two are different but similar in the ways that they have like come to fame. And um, yeah, I'll hand it to Varun and he can start it off. All right, so uh, just a little bit about myself. Uh, my name's Varun. Uh, as you can tell by my name, I'm not American. Uh, my parents both grew up in India, so that's why I have a very strong connection. Or like I had a, you know, um, a sort of uh, a sort of path in in Asian hip hop. So uh, in regarding Asian hip hop, I'm going to be talking about hip hop in India and what other way to do that than to introduce and talk about this movie Gully Boy. So the movie Gully Boy, uh, it's a movie uh, based in India, and it's a uh, it's a story of an Indian man who is the son of a driver and he's not happy with his, with his life. Uh, he goes through his everyday life of being a driver and uh, he, you know, the movie shows what he has to do and how his uh, daily life looks like and you can tell that he's not happy. He lives in the slum of India along with his whole family uh, in a very <clears throat> small uh, house in a gully. And the word gully uh, in English is translated to alleyway. Uh, so ultimately, the main character finds him in love with rapping and doesn't know how to. He finds himself with he finds himself in love with rapping and expressing how corrupt and unfair this society is. So, like any other um, father, uh, his dad didn't like him rapping and discouraged him from doing so because it isn't a real job and there's no way that one can make money off of it. So. Given him being in this situation, he does not know what to do with all of his passion until he goes to an event where he meets uh, a friend who is a very special friend uh, to him throughout the movie and helps him out with his uh, endeavors of rapping. So he then becomes, becomes very close to this friend and they start to, they both start to work on uh, the main character's image and sort of uh, transforming it into a rapper and uh, sort of giving him information that will be useful uh, throughout his uh, next few uh next few uh next few months so eventually he enters a rap contest with the prize being 100k rupees which is huge for a person like him uh, you know someone who came from nothing and he wants to use this money to uh give him and his mother a better life so long story short he ends up winning the contest and proving his dad wrong and he moves his mom out of the hood and uh continues rapping after that uh so with that introduction i'll hand it over to chris with his side of the story. All right, thank you for that, Varun. Um, yeah, so today I'm gonna be talking about Rich Brian, an artist who is currently 21, but grew up when he was only 17, 18 years old. Um, he also changed his name a couple of years ago from Rich Chiga to Rich Brian, something that I will get into in a little bit. Um, but Rich Brian's a rapper from Indonesia who grew up there for the majority of his life. He was homeschooled. He grew up in a family that was pretty strict. And he, believe it or not, grew up in a family Christian band. He played the drums and his sister sang. And both of his parents played instruments in the band as well. 
but yeah, he went from Christian family rock band to rap star featuring guns, drugs, and just about everything else in his music videos. Um, but one of the crazy things about his story is that he grew up knowing very little to no English, like basic English, like stop signs in Indonesia had the word stop on them and signs would have yet like exit and yes and no. So he grew up knowing the most basic English and taught himself English watching YouTube videos. I read an article that he would watch Rubik's cube and like tutorial videos. So he learned a lot of English from things like that. He learned English from watching video game streamers. He was a huge video game player when he was a little kid. He is a self-described loner. He kind of kept to himself pretty much like hung out at his house, watched TV, and then eventually met friends on Twitter and on Twitch and streaming websites from the U.S. that he would video chat with on Skype, and they would teach him English. So he learned English from the Internet, not from school, and eventually realized that he had a passion for music, something that he thinks that he probably developed back in his days in the family Christian band. Um, but he began working on beats and releasing music on SoundCloud. One of his um, first songs to release on SoundCloud called Dat Stick, which has been viewed on YouTube over 139 million times. But it's a song that he pretty much made for fun, wasn't planning on getting big from it, nor did he have any like goals to become like a professional rapper at the time. He was pretty much just doing this for fun. So he re released this song on SoundCloud and noticed that it started like gaining a lot of attention pretty quickly, both like in Indonesia and especially in the US where he quickly got a pretty big following. Um, so after the music kind of blew up a little bit, he realized, all right, I should make music videos. So he filmed a music video with a couple of his friends, edited it himself, in a day and released it but the music video was also pretty um pretty popular at the time and received a lot of attention because it's just it it is your typical rap music video in, in a lot of senses but it's very different and it kind of catches you by surprise because you have like this young skinny asian kid featuring guns like waving guns in the camera and pouring out liquor and dancing around a huge empty mansion um but in the background you can tell like he's not in like a big city in the u.s or something he's in like the slums of thailand you can tell that he's, uh, he's somewhere else um but the music video for dot stick perfectly emulates an american hip-hop video featuring guns lavish houses friends behind him dancing, but a lot is different. Um, I'm gonna play a clip for you from the song right now. You're not gonna be able to see the music video, but, all right, play.
So yeah, what you just heard was That Stick, Rich Brian's first major popular song. If you are watching the music video, it is, it's almost comical because it's just, it's not what you would expect at all. It is, uh, it is really something else. But Rich Brian has two of his best friends from childhood in the music video from Indonesia, who his two friends actually did not speak any English. Um, just to give you a little bit of background on his story. Um, but yeah, in the music video, he's dancing around with guns. He's pouring out big handles of liquor and dancing around a huge house. But he's also wearing a buttoned-up pink polo, khaki shorts, and a, uh, a waist um, strap. And he looks like he could be at a golf club. Um, so he is not your most likely uh, rap star, for sure. But I think that that's one of the things that people enjoy about him and one of the reasons that he blew up. Um, he's kind of a breath of fresh air for the music scene, especially rap. And he has done a really great job at blending in with the rest of the industry and kind of like finding his own niche. Um, He's represented by an American label called 88 Rising that is a collective of artists that are mostly Asian. Um, they have a huge following in Asia, but they also have been able to make a, a huge splash in the music scene in the United States. They have a lot of popular artists. Um, so with that, I'm going to throw it back to Varun. Wow, Chris, that was uh, interesting. I never really thought about Rich Brian that way. But uh, switch gears, uh, we're going to throw it back to India. So uh, there's this one song called Share Aya Share. It's part of the movie. It's um, it's the song I talked about when um, I said that he met his friend who really, you know, uh, elevated his, his potential. So I'm going to play a little snippet of the song, and uh, I hope you guys like So uh, that was a little snippet. Um, so similar to uh, American rap, uh, they were talking about you know the same thing. Uh, they're talking about girls. They're talking about shoes. Talking about money, but. Anyways, uh, so the more important analysis of this song in, uh, in a context of the movie is that this song uh, was the main song that introduced the main character to rapping. And it was introduced by that one friend I talked about earlier. So this song or this scene in the movie takes place to where the main character is on stage with this guy and he doesn't really know how to rap or anything about the game. But when this man starts rapping and this song comes on, it emphasizes the fact that rapping is a real talent because it shows how the main character is observing everyone like on the crowd going nuts over this over this this guy rapping. And this, this guy never really thought it was possible because he was always raised to believe the opposite about about rap. And it really sort of transformed his whole view. Like before he was iffy about getting into the rap game, but after he saw this performance, he was 100% sure like 
this is the thing that he wanted to do. So in English, this song translates to the lion is coming. And it's basically, it's, it's, it's a hype song. It's meant to hype up the main character, showing him that people will gather around and listen to this. And the scene during the movie was so electric when everyone started like moving and dancing and bopping in with the crowd. And it was the one spark that, it was that one moment that sort of made the main character knew that this was a real possibility and like all doubts are, are really out the window. So in this instance, the main character starts to take the mission very seriously and, and thinks that he can really make a, make a career out of it. And uh, this really impacts the socioeconomic status in India uh, because the government really doesn't help much and the people are, are always looked at as a second priority. So um, it also is a form of rebellion, which he was talking about in class is also like a very prevalent uh, form in, in hip hop. And uh, with that, uh, I think Chris has one more song that he wants to show you guys, so I'm going to swing it back to him. The next song that I'm going to be talking about is uh, Glow Like That, released by Rich Brian in 2017, which was a year after the Dat Stick came out, which came out in 2016. Um, so here it goes. content and the music video in the music video we see him pretty much laying around a field of flowers um, and just dancing and talking about a girl that he had a relationship with in the past um, he doesn't put it exactly like that but that is essentially the the message of the song um, and another thing that's kind of funny about Rich Brian, uh, you're hearing me call him Rich Brian this whole time, but when he first got his start, he went by Rich Chiga, um, a name that he came up with when he was probably 15 or 16. Um, and he got a lot of backlash for that name once he started to get really popular. Um, and if it were to happen right now, um, he would probably be fully canceled. Um, but he, he made the decision to change his name to Rich Brian and released a statement on Twitter saying, um, I was naive and I made a mistake. And he admitted that he was um, pretty much appropriating a racial joke with the use of that name. Um, and it's just not it, it it was not a viable like long-term name if he wanted to have continued success um he didn't think that people were taking serious were taking him seriously and um it was sort of a one-hit wonder type of thing everyone thought when he came out with that stick it was going to be the end of him it was just like this weird um Asian rapper called Rich Chiga who released a song and like was gonna just fade away but he made sure that he wanted to stay on the scene um, changed his name and apologized for the use of uh, any words that he might have used in his songs or in his 
in his artist name in the past, and he moved on from it. Um, I'm going to throw it back to Varun real quick. Thanks, Chris. Uh, so one more song <clears throat> off um, the album. The album's actually on Spotify. If this movie is pretty good. I recommend a listen. But this song called "Akna Time Aiga" is one of the. It's uh, one of, in like the last scenes of the movie, and it's like sort of set up in like a rap battle between the main character and the finalist, and it's really interesting. So I'm gonna play you a little snippet of it right now. <laughs> So uh, that was a snippet of that song. Uh, so like I said before, this is the last song in the movie, and this is after the main character has gotten familiar with the rap game, and he sort of established himself with uh, the help of his friend. So, like all the training and all the rapping that he has done prior to this to this uh, moment leads up to right now. And basically, if he doesn't win the contest and he doesn't earn the money, and if he doesn't earn the money, he can't help his mom. So, this is obviously like a lot of pressure in this moment. You know, this is what all this training has has uh, led up to. So, the English translation of this song is uh, "Your time will come." So, basically, in this song. He's sort of calling out all the rich people who are sitting at their houses, you know, not doing anything in India, while people are struggling for like to eat three, to eat uh, three three meals a day. It's basically a, a diss track saying that they might be on top today, but someday soon it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, next week, or next year. But at some point in their lives, these rich people who don't help with anything are gonna get what's what's coming to them. And he's really like articulating that with a lot of passion that's what that's what he wants to uh that's what he wants uh, everyone to get out of this track so uh this it focuses on how and on the main character's personal experiences and how he's impoverished and how he's sick of falling under the rule of society and uh, how there must be done there must be something done to uh to even the playing field so that was one of my favorite songs off the album and in the movie um, so yeah, uh, Chris, you got anything else you want to say about Rich Brian? Yeah, I wanted to, um, just kind of give you guys a, a bit of a comparison. Um, I, I was going to show you a, a song from a group called the Higher Brothers, which is an Asian, uh, rap group who is also represented by the same label that Rich Brian is, 88 Rising, but they are more catered to an Asian fan base. They, their lyrics are in Chinese. They, they live in China. Um, and it doesn't seem like they are going to be changing their lyrics to English anytime soon, but they did a collaboration with an American artist recently, um, called famous Dex, who has gotten a lot of popularity over the years. Um, and, I'm going to show it to you right now. Here we go. 
different um kind of route but i just wanted to show you that to show you how rare uh the situation with rich brian is i mean it's truly a, a really impressive story and a story of perseverance definitely a little bit of luck but um rich brian for him to learn his his craft like that not knowing english teach it himself and do it all on his own, completely independent at first when he broke into the U.S. market. Um, but yeah, it's it's really a great story, and I think you guys should give him a good listen. Check him out. Um, that is all I have to say on Rich Brian right now, so I'm going to let Varun take it. Thank you, Chris. Uh, so, uh, similarity between Rich Brian and the main character. So... Uh, the main character of the movie Gully Boy, his name is Ranveer Singh, and he actually came from poverty and impoverishment himself. And during the, the filming of his movie, no one helped him write the music or rap it. It was all him. So it really came from within himself. So like, he knew the struggle. So this movie was, honestly, I think it was fun for him to shoot. And it really uh, was um, pushing one of the points that he wanted people to know about. So um, that's cool. So the movie, uh, like most of our classes, sort of identifying the poor side of India and people who have to deal with more struggle and, and have to, you know, put up with stuff that that puts them down uh, each and every day. But uh, to escape the shackles of society and poverty, the main character started rapping and, and expressing himself. And when he started doing that, you know, he sort of fell in love with the game and he used it to make money and he used it to make a career. So... That's that's great for him, and you know more power to the people. Uh, it's been good talking to you, uh, Chris. Uh, I guess I'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah, um, thank you for listening. I I had a really great time talking about this, and I hope you guys learned a lot about Rich Brian, Gully Boy, and hip hop in Asia in general. And I think that um, hopefully we gave you some inspiration to check it out further and. <laughs> Give these artists to listen for yourselves and maybe look at their music videos and watch the Gully Boy movie on Netflix and let us know what you think. For sure. All right, guys. See you later. Bye, guys.